The following podcast is brought to you by Pro Wrestling Connect, Australia's newest choice for event management and brand development specialising in pro wrestling. And now, now the B Plus Wrestling Podcast. Watch global, global. Support local. local. It's the B Plus Wrestling Podcast. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, out there in the B Plus land. It is me, it is me, your B Plus Madden Mystery, and welcome to All the Rest, the B Plus Wrestling Podcast, where I cover all the wrestling news in this wacky, weird world we call professional wrestling. Happy Sunday, everybody. It's a week of rest for, it's a day of rest for some, but not for me. I like to get this all out of my head and share with you all the bizarre wrestling stories that come out because, but trust me, there are a lot of them and just all the big seismic shifts in the wrestling landscape because we have a lot of those as well. So for my health and safety, I need to share this with you to as many people as possible about all the goings on in MLW, All Elite Wrestling, NWA, the bizarre stories from WWE, which there's a big one this week, and as well as a lot of other big signings, who's injured, who's had to leave, who might be leaving, all these questions and more I like to answer in this little segment that I call All the Rest. So how about we start with MLW, main evented by Jimmy Havoc versus L.A. Park in a death match, episode 71. Now, last week we had uh, Bestia 666 defeat Ray Horus in a pretty standard match. Contra had a squash match. Hammerstone beat Savio Vega in a very ugly, ugly match that was ended with the Nightmare Pendulum where it looked like there was some weird botch where he kind of broke his leg. Wasn't a fan. I, I, enjoyed, I enjoyed MLW last week for some of its parts, but not for the episode as a whole. I thought it was really lackluster. But this episode, we open, we have a cold open with old Mansa saying he's going to get drunk, beat up Ricky Martinez, and then use a chainsaw in that order. So without further ado, he starts, so we have the opening match, Ricky Martinez versus Mance Water. Of course, Selena comes out and says that he is the greatest Cuban wrestler, his greatest wrestler in all the Cuban sports, I believe was the phrasing. So it's meant to be a dig on Conan, but at the same time to make him seem like Martinez sound like he's this big guy, which he hasn't been for a while now. He's been on the losing streak, and every opportunity he gets to try and get back into Selena's good books, he just keeps messing up. He gets one job, and it seems like he can't do it right. As for the match itself here, so while Mats was trying to get into the ring, Ricky kicked the ropes and hit Mansa in the groin. So Mansa's little Mansa's... Uh, Gave him some trouble. He was at a disadvantage for a couple of moves, and then he started to fight back. Very fast-paced brawl until, like, the first couple of pin attempts. So the storyline, of course, Manson wants to beat all of Selena's crew. He wants to beat all of Promotionas, and Ricky has lost so much to Selena is thinking about kicking him out of the group, which, yeah, I, I don't blame her if that's the direction that we're going, and I don't know if that would give Ricky enough momentum just to go, like, you know what, I need to start, I need to go on a soul-searching mission. Mansa out of nowhere, this match didn't really last long, I'd say about 
nine, ten minutes. So it wasn't a squash match, gratefully. So Manza out of nowhere did his knee pad up, knee pad down, followed by a big lariat for the win. Um, this, honestly, like, I've watched, it's, it feels like I've watched every episode of MLW at this point. So I've, I've caught up on one of the previous episodes as well. And this one wasn't the best opening to begin with. Usually you have like a high flying lucha match or a big hardcore match and, or a quick squash, but these were none of the above. And I didn't really enjoy it to be honest. Again, um, Selena not having her way. She is furious at Ricky. Uh, she'll probably get being more furious with the rest of her crew later. We have the next promo is the stars, the life of the rich and dynastic. Of course, of the dynasty. It's just a one little promo of Richard Holiday in his hotel room. He was gonna badmouth the Hart Foundation, but uh, his date arrived, and he kind of cuts it short to put it succinctly. We see a replay of Savio Vega getting legitimately injured after that nightmare pendulum. Now, I like what they're doing here. So they're actually saying MLW are looking into the legitimacy of the move, the nightmare pendulum. So one, they're making it seem like it was by design, which it wasn't, but they're trying to make it seem like it was. And number two, they're making the nightmare pendulum seem like this big, scary finisher. And they're actually looking into like, well, can he even do this? Is he allowed to use this now that someone's actually been really injured from this? Very, very clever cover-up to explain how they've gone about this because i got to be honest, I was really worried after that match, but thankfully MLW has shown that they are taking this, they're copying it on the chin and they're actually going to roll with this so that Hammerstone is this dangerous man. You don't want to piss him off or he could alter the nightmare pendulum so that you swoop lower on your legs and you're basically screwed. We have a promo with Marshall Von Eriks after he got missed in his eyes a couple weeks ago by Ikaro Kwan, I believe it was. So he's saying that his vision is still impaired, but it'll take a whole lot more than Red Mist to take me out of the game. And he said he's bringing the cavalry. He's bringing in his dad, Kevin Von Eric. Now, I was really worried at first when I heard this announcement. So he is not, thankfully, the fourth member in their War Games team. So you have all of Contra going up against Tom Lawler, the Von Eric brothers. The, their dad is going to be at ringside, so we still have a mystery partner for them. I'm, again, I say it all the time. I think it's Loki. It makes sense. You'll do wonders. They've been building him up with the knockouts each and every time. He wasn't on this episode of MLW this week, but like coming back to face Contra after that. I just picture him and the champ, him and Fatu just going to town on each other, and it's going to be the best thing we'll see, I reckon, for MLW that will lead us into their pay-per-view uh, Super Fight event in November. Conan shows up to interrupt Selena DeLorenz's interview time to continue to push the uh, the revenge porn angle, which, um, yeah, we're still going on about that. So Selena's, yeah, she's upset that she's not getting her way and everything else. And yeah, he threatens to use her credit card to buy stuff because he's the good guy. He's doing fraud. And and Conan's like, do you want to bring the cops into this? And Selena's just like, like saying like, no, I guess not. But like, he's got your phone. 
bring the cops in. This is like, this is where the logic of wrestling storyline kind of just like, ah, irritating, irritating. Um, very dumb angle. Conan still has two wishes of Selena. We don't know what the other two are just yet. We have uh, H2TV. Teddy Hart is smoking a blunt, drinking booze in the bathroom, hanging out with his cats and Brian Pillman. And last week, of course, Brian Pillman stole Hammerstone's jacket after he defended his openweight title against Salvio Vega. And all of a sudden, he just, like, you have Teddy Hart looks at it and he says, that looks like a little box. And rather than the cats actually doing any business on it, Brian Pillman takes the initiative and just pisses on his jacket. I don't know where we're going with this. I really, really don't. Uh, so again, we're continuing the feud between the Dynasty and the Heart Foundation. It feels like a little forced now. Um, I'm worried. Like, So we've got next week, we're going to have Teddy Hart versus MJF for the middleweight title, the rematch. I don't know how long they're going to try and keep this up for, whether if MJF, they're going to have him be a double champ before he leaves MLW. Because how much longer can he hold on to the gold? Like, we've got, what, just over a month? It'll be a short reign, and then all of a sudden he just has to leave MLW high and dry. I don't know. Hopefully we can get a little bit more, like, rather than just a jacket, I want to see a little bit more fire, a little bit more story, like something concrete in this feud still, because like all these people in this, in the storyline are very, very capable wrestlers. Like you're using freaking Teddy freaking heart, right? You've got MJF who's one of the best heels in the business. Hammerstone is becoming one of the best strong guys that MLW has. They're pushing him to the moon right now. I don't want nothing but the best for these guys. We have our second match, Ace Austin versus Austin Aries. I love commentary on this because Shivani and Rich Burkini, they're just like, who booked this match? Because both wrestlers have the name Ace, um, but have the name Austin, my apologies. And they're <laughs> just like, like we've got to try and like slowly take a breath. Let's just call Ace Austin Ace and Austin Aries Aries. And they just try and do that. And they, they still mess it up sometimes. And they're just like, God damn it. I love Tony Giovanni. We're going to be talking about him very much so in a little bit. Um, this was a great match. Like, Austin Aries, very, again, the dude is he's an incredible wrestler. Um, the only thing that kind of took, him out, took it out of it for me is because the crowd were not into this match at all. I don't know if it was because of Aries. I, I mean, there was something. That, and it sucks because... Ace Austin and Austin Aries, they both did really, really well. This is a very solid match. And like there was no there was no heat to it as well, which is really weird. There's no it was just no build up, no storyline, just Ace versus Aries. And um like Ace Austin doesn't really have a character in MLW, really. Like and I don't know what Austin Aries is at the moment. He's just that he's still on the quest for the middleweight title. We know that much. So after a really great fast-paced match, you have Ace Austin try and go for the fold, but Austin Aries counters it into the brain buster. And I thought it was really good. I thought it was actually the best match, uh, one of the best matches. I'm sorry, because I nearly forgot about the main event. 
And then afterwards, Austin Aries cut a promo where he talked about his history being in this particular venue. I forgot the name of it, but I believe it's the one where he lost the Impact World title to Johnny Impact, and then he just got up and walked out. Just, um, yeah, that left it. I think maybe the crowd, they didn't, they remember that vividly, that moment. But Austin Aries is still on the warpath to face off against Teddy Hart for the middleweight title. And I believe we're going to see him face off against Brian Pullman Jr. in the coming weeks to keep that storyline. That storyline seems fresh to me. That storyline seems fresh. Uh, we have another couple of promos. We see the Dynasty, they recover the a Hammerstein's jacket after it's been peed on. Uh, he could have just bought a new jacket, but or they could have just washed it. But um, no, they're, they're pissed. <laughs> they're, they're so rich, they can't even be bothered to do that, of course. Um, yeah, Hammerstein's just like, there's only a few things that I love in this world, like my Dynasty Bros, my Hogan Tan. My jacket, my open white title, and MJF. That's a lot of things, yeah. <laughs> Very funny. And the main event, ah, the death match, the street fight between Jimmy Havoc and LA Park, the match that makes absolutely no sense at all. And to think, if Selena wanted to take control of this match, she could have just had both these guys lay down, like just one of them pin the other, if they are truly teammates, or they're aligned to the same cause. Selena could have just gotten the better of the match that way, of Conan that way, but nope. Uh, so because Conan's threatening revenge porn, they need to have this match. Let them fight. And I do not like the build-up to this. I do not like uh, the storyline behind it. But you know what? This is Jimmy Havoc versus L.A. Park, and they just murdered each other. And I was happy. All was right with the world. Watching those two fight, I, it was bad. Like, of course, Jimmy Havoc got out the staple gun. You had L.A. Park. Like, he nearly speared. Like, there were do doors involved. There was everything worked out fantastically with this match. And L.A. Park won, which was not surprising to me. It wasn't a very, it wasn't a very convincing win as such as like I thought. L.A. Park would really, like, murder Jimmy Havoc. Like, so he did a variation of his spear, kind of. He got a lot more elevation than he usually does. So there was a little, um, there was, like, a two-chair table concoction. And then after that, he just hit the spear and it was the fast one, two, three for the win. Afterwards, Selena forces both men to shake hands. L.A. Park is not eager to uh, until much prodding from Selena the two shake hands. So I was hoping for a beatdown. I, I don't know. I thought this match would be a great send off for Jimmy Havoc. And now they've, there's still room there. I, I don't know what they're doing. I mean, are we going to have a match between Matt Warner and Jimmy Havoc before he goes a death match between them? Um, cause I feel like we haven't, we already had, Oh, we've had Sammy. Have they? I, I'm if it, if it wasn't a very memorable match, that's the thing. Like one more death match from Jimmy Havoc before they go, before he goes. I, I didn't like this. I wanted this to be like, yeah. So Selena, she's trying to cut the promo saying that she still has all the power and that no one can stop her, not even the world champion, not even Contra. And then all of a sudden, Mance Warner comes out with the chainsaw 
and they are left fleeing the scene. So she doesn't have all the power. She's still on the back foot. She's still in this weird story with Conan. I enjoyed this episode a lot better than last week. We had some really solid matches. We didn't have any squash matches. So as much as I didn't like the Ricky Martinez-Mance Warner match, that wasn't a hardcore match. And it just, both men kind of stopped before they got started. But obviously, thankfully, that was the opening match. And then we kind of built and built. The promos were great. We had Ace Austin versus Austin Aries and then the death match. I'm curious. Again, we need to get this Conan story out of the way very, very soon. Please, please, please. I get, I, and it doesn't make sense to me what other, what his other wishes would be, but the fact that he wanted this dream match between Jimmy Havoc and LA Park, whatever. I'm, if I think about it too hard, I'll probably hurt my brain. Ep- interesting episode of Impact Wrestling. Be sure to check it out on YouTube. Free on there. Hours worth of your time, not even for some great quality wrestling. Be sure to check out the guys at MLW because they have. I'm sure they have a lot of great things in store. We have some All Elite Wrestling news, so we'll cover their latest episodes of Being the Elite and Road to All Out. We have an extra uh, potential ongoing series coming forward, so they have, uh, it's called, like, just going, ordering ordering takeout, right? It was just, there was a segment on Being the Elite on the, the YouTube channel where the Young Bucks just interviewed Adam Page while they were just eating lunch. They ordered room service, I think. Ordering room service with Hangman Page. It was about a 15-minute talk, talking about his history as a teacher, talking about his match with Chris Jericho. I could see this being a regular thing. I actually quite enjoyed it. Um, It's very, like, the Young Bucks are very good hosts (laughs) while they're just talking about dieting and other stuff. Yeah, I could see this being a regular thing. But in terms of their usual content, we have episode 166 of Being Elite Country Roads. We have the Young Bucks. They've made a new training uh, gym at their house. They're practicing to climbing up ladders, which you had a nice little cold open where you had uh, Nick slowly trying to get up the ladder to get something off his roof, which, yep, he's slowly getting the hang of it. We have um, SCU are in Canada. They hate Canada. We have Brandon Cutler and Sammy Guevara are getting along, seemingly. Like, they are the, the best of frenemies, it seems like. And they, they're training together. <laughs> They've gone for walks in the park. And all of a sudden, Brandon Cutler, he needs to get his passport. And someone has his passport. And it's Sammy Guevara, and he's just been a dick and just stopped, kept it from him on purpose, thrown it in the trash. Uh, Sammy Guevara is just a dick to everybody, just because he can. Um, we have the segment with the ref, with Orange Cassidy, where he's just pretty much dead at this point. He looks pretty much dead. We have uh, the announcement of episodes four and five of the upcoming TNT Weekly TV episodes. That is a hard thing to say five times. TNT TV stuff. Anyways, so episode four will be in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Episode five, as revealed by Cody Rhodes in a uh, unique song, Take Me Home Country Roads. Uh, Episode five will be in Charleston, West Virginia. 
Mountain Mama, take me home to those country roads, Mr. Rhodes. <laughs> as much as uh, Cody has a long way to go with his singing, it was a pretty entertaining episode of Being Elite. It actually got gave us more information moving forward about AEW than the Road to All Out, which is very bizarre. Usually it's the other way around. So because the Road to All Out, episode 7, uh, we had a match, we had an announcement that Private Party will be facing off against Angelico and Jack Evans for the buy-in, so in the pre-show for All Out. Yeah, you got the Young Bucks talking about the Lucha Brothers. Really, the big thing from this episode, the Road to All Out, was a sit-down interview of Hangman Page by Jim Ross. So Jim Ross was interviewing Hangman Page, talking about his history, talking about like not being expecting to be in the position that he's in now, talking about Chris Jericho, how he's a student of the game, uh, Triple H and the literal game of professional wrestling. And yeah, he's just hyping himself up. I enjoyed this. I did really very, very much so. Um, this combined with the Young Bucks uh, room service video, which you guys should check out. I actually quite enjoyed it. I I feel like, yeah, I feel like Hangman's winning next week. It might be too, like, Chris Jericho's a more recognizable name. Would make a lot more sense in that regard. But you know what? I see Hangman in that to be the first ever champion. Will it happen? Like, do you agree with me? Let me know when you guys hear this and let me know on the socials, which I'll let you know at the end. And of course we had NWA. So we had no 10 pounds of gold this week, but we had a episode. We had a little video on the NWA YouTube channel where Eli Drake, after he had a match with Frankie Frank, he cut a promo where he's just like, let me talk to you. Yeah. And he's saying, who's the champ? So he's cutting a promo on James Storm, on Nick Aldis, and He's after the gold. He's uh, I, I thought he'd be like just squarely on Nick Aldis. But now he's kind of mentioning James Storm as well. And I don't think it'd be right to relegate Eli Drake to the national title. I think maybe they're just teasing us. Like, well, we don't know who we'll choose, but it's got to be Aldis. Like, if they're going to have their TV shows in September, October, you need a strong contender for the 10 pounds of gold and no one has the intestinal kavorka like Eli Drake. Now before we get into the signings, the injuries, who might be leaving, the big announcements that have come out this week, the seismic shifts, if you will, how about we hear from Greg with our sponsors? Promotional consideration paid for by the following. Hey guys, just a reminder, if you want to hear all of these wonderful B-plus podcast episodes completely ad-free, make sure you head over to Patreon or Podbean, where we are the featured podcast this week. You can subscribe for as little as a dollar a month, up to $10 a month, where anything you want to help us with, it really helps out. It's going to help us grow the site. It's going to help us redesign some things. And everything that we get through this and through the advertising as well is all going straight back into the podcast so that we can get Aussie Graps out there for the rest of the world to hear about, for the rest of the world to see, so we can grow this mission of watch global, support local, and build indie wrestling. So if you want to be a part of that and get some really cool rewards like call-in shows, bonus episodes, ad-free like I mentioned, then head over to patreon.com slash the B plus and subscribe today. 
Hey everyone, just want to take a second to tell you about one of our new sponsors, Outbreak Nutrition. Outbreak Nutrition are creating supplements for survival, sharper minds, quicker reflexes, all the energy you need to take your performance to the next level, whether that be on the field, in the gym, on the gaming field. That's right, they have specifically designed gaming supplements as well to help you focus on those late night sessions. They even sell coffee, you guys, at Outbreak Nutrition. You can get coffee pods, you can get coffee beans, you can get supplements for the bedroom as well if you want to enhance your performance there. These are performance-enhancing supplements for every aspect of your life, specifically designed by gamers, for gamers to stay fit and healthy in the gym, to stay sharp and focused on the game, and to dominate in all areas of life. So check out OutbreakNutrition.com, and for being a listener of our podcast, they will give you 10% off your order when you enter the code B+. That is B-P-L-U-S at checkout. So make sure if you want to stay on top of your game, if you want to take your performance to the next level, OutbreakNutrition.com, enter the code B+, at checkout. And we are back, ladies and gentlemen. How about we get into all of the... uh the injury reports, the people who have just signed exclusive deals, who have who has returned, who is likely to return, who is unfortunately on the shelf. A lot of news this week. We're going to be trying to keep it as compact as I possibly can. I'm going to start with Impact Wrestling. We're going to be talking about this more on the Impact Zone tomorrow. Obviously, you guys should check that out where I cover all the Impact Wrestling news. The baddest man on the planet, the most dangerous man on the planet. One half of the BCW Tag Team Champions here in Australia. The inaugural NWA slash TNA World Heavyweight Champion, Ken Shamrock, will be returning to Impact Wrestling for their Las Vegas tapings in September 5th and 6th. Whether we see that uh, later on or like immediately after remains to be seen. But yeah, I am excited. He's having his dream match here in Australia against Dan Seven, like 20, God, 25 years in the making, 20 years in the making, however long it's been. And like Shamrock is slowly starting to surface back into the mainstream world of pro wrestling. And people always forget, like, if you're looking at the official TNA world title, so when TNA no longer used the NWA as their world championship, used their NWA 10 pounds of gold, that their first champion was Kurt Angle, I believe. But when they really started in 2002, their first champion was Ken Bloody Shamrock. And he he's in his 50s, but he's still incredible, right? He's, he's in far better shape than a lot of wrestlers from the old Attitude Era and everything else are. Like, he's just been in incredible shape. You have guys like Scott Steiner and stuff who are still wrestling, but they are nowhere near where they were. Uh, Ken Shamrock, it's like he hasn't missed a step. Very much looking forward to be covering those on the Impact Zone in the coming weeks. We have some uh, AEW, new, AEW signings. So I've, there's a lot of AEW signings this week. We have the, the commentary side. So Tony Schiavone. It seems official now that he's actually signed a deal with All Elite Wrestling to be on their commentary team. I It seemed like he had to kind of balance some stuff out with MLW. Who would have thought that in 2019 there would be a bidding war for Tony Schiavone? It was rumored that WWE were trying to hire him just so AEW wouldn't. Like he'd be a part of their um, ambassador contracts and everything else. Just promoting the, 
the wonders of the WWE brand, but they're, they're, I don't think that's meant to be. <laughs> and another person who might be joining Tony Schiavone is the golden boy, Alex Marvez. The, this guy, he helped out in Fighter Fest. Like he's been a part of a bunch of, he's been doing a lot of announcing for many, many years in other projects. Like I'm trying to move esports. He's the gaming host. And he has, and this reason he's called the Golden Boy, ladies and gentlemen. He's just got a very smooth voice. He's got, he's great at commentary, like on various topics, but to have him on wrestling would be great. And it means that most likely we're going to have, oh, I forget the name of the other commentator. So it feels like we're going to have JR Excalibur and Mendez, like, and Alex Mendez. I feel like that's going to be the combination. Or we'll have, and if Jim Ross isn't available for the weekly shows, which I, I expect this is what's going to be happening, we'll have Tony Schiavone in there. So Schiavone, Mendez, and Excalibur with their other commentator, whose name escapes me, but the statistician, he'll probably be relegated to the control center, which is a role that would fit him perfectly. I, I'm i okay with this. AEW, in terms of their... Their, back, their backstage staff roles. I mean, they've already signed Chris Van Vliet, Alicia Atut, the interview Kings and Queen of wrestling in on the YouTube. Yeah, they're doing wonderful stuff. In terms of the Casino Battle Royal, the all-women's Casino Battle Royal for All Out, we have some other names announced for there. We have Sadie Gibbs. Of course, she was involved in the Mae Young Classic a couple years ago. And we have Big Swole, Ariel Monroe, the Phoenix of Rise champion. She is the latest person announced there again. So like Monroe is an Air Force veteran from Florida. She participated in the Mae Young Classic last year, losing to, uh, I forget the name, Zuxus, Zeus, yeah. mine's not good right now. But yeah, uh, Gibbs is actually signed to AEW and will have her first match for the promotion all out. She's from the UK and debuted for Stardom earlier this year. But yeah, they already announced so far, we have like Teal Piper, Ivelisse, Jazz, Nyla Rose, Britt Baker, Yuka Sakazaki, Ali, Brandy Rhodes. Still more surprises to come. This, I'm hoping this is a lot better Battle Royal than the men's one. <laughs> That's all I hope for, ladies and gentlemen. And it feels like we're well on our way to this being something really special. In terms of uh, New Japan, the, not much a confirmed thing, but based on some uh, Will Ospreay's social media. So the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Champion, when asked if he'll ever face Ricochet again in a match, he said, never say never, which is what you have to say in professional wrestling. But he said for the next five years, he is firmly at New Japan. He's only 26, ladies and gentlemen. It's... it's Ridiculous to think that someone so young and is already so experienced and so versed in New Japan uh, in his wrestling career. It's incredible. And, oh, like, if you watch their match, King Ricochet versus Osprey, the back flips, front flips, yeah, it, I can't describe, I can't encapsulate it in words. It is 
it's like Power Rangers. You really need to watch it for yourself. So if nothing else, for the next five years, Will Ospreay is firmly a New Japan boy, which I th- feel like we kind of knew already. We had some WWE signing, so not so much a main roster signing, but for the vet for the performance center, uh, obviously they're always getting guest coaches come in, and they're going to they always try and sign new talent to help train all the NXT recruiters, NXT recruits. My apologies. And the latest guest um, guest teacher is Tokimitsu Ishizawa, also known as Kendo Kashin. He is a two-time former IWGP Junior Heavyweight Champion, very experienced wrestler. Like, I think he was back in like the early nine, late nineties. I'm gonna say he's a very well-versed wrestler in Japan, and it's nice that they that the stars of NXT are going to get a little bit more range in their teachings, especially from someone in a completely different side of the globe who's had a history over there. Uh, so I'm glad that they're bringing in all these different talents. You had like Chris Saban come in for a little bit. You had Gangrel. Yeah, it seems like NXT are really bringing in the people that they know that the indie scene who have like contributed great amounts to it, if nothing else. Some uh, some subtle signings, not so much like uh, debuts in a way. Uh, you had Vic Joseph, the commentator for... 205 Live for NXT UK for NXT. He made his first appearance on Raw for this latest episode of Raw. He, of course, alongside Michael Cole and Renee Young. He did what he did really well. I would, I think he did better than Corey Graves, in my opinion, but I thought it was a nice little tidbit to mention there. And this is more of a return announcement. So The Undertaker. So we kind of knew this would happen anyways, but for the 20th anniversary of SmackDown, which will be September 10th, I think it is, The Undertaker, he was, his, they were using his likeness, they were using his photos as part of the promotional material, but they hadn't announced anything until now. So he is officially going to be at the SmackDown 20th anniversary, Madison Square Garden. It should be interesting to note that the Raw and SmackDown are both at Madison Square Garden, but Undertaker's only appearing at SmackDown. So whether he will show up as well on Raw, it remains to be seen. I don't think so. It would kind of take away the big return of him on SmackDown, personally. So yeah, what he'll be doing there, we don't know. But hopefully they make an impact being at the big 20th anniversary, and though it's not technically the 20th anniversary. But you know what? It'd be great to see him there. And yeah, it wouldn't be SmackDown without The Undertaker. We have some injury news, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, I'll start with the more indie news. So we have Samantha Heights, of course, is the uh, Heart of Shimmer champion. She's actually been announced as she's being injured. So she, I believe she did her ACL, which the knee injury is going around just suck right now. And very surprisingly, so usually when a star gets injured and they're a champion, you vacate the belt and shimmer doesn't i needed to kind of report on this because they are the only promotion that i know where they're actually allowing the champion to recover keep the belts and then they can defend it when they're good and ready doesn't seem like the logical step but uh we'll, we'll see what happens they still have nicole savoy who is the shimmer champion but yeah i'm, I'm very confused by it but i thought it was a nice little tidbit that you guys needed to know uh, Ronda Rousey, she is 
on her impregnation vacation still, I think. Uh, don't want to inquire what how that's going at the moment, but she's actually uh, on site on this uh, medical drama series 911, where it's involving, I believe, firefighters and medics and everything else. And on set, she broke two of her fingers. Like a door literally fell on two of her fingers. And you, I, I can't believe like, this just shows you how much of a badass Ronda Rousey is. Like it's, it's all real, ladies and gentlemen, where she waited until the take was over, then went up to the director casually and just said, yeah, my fingers have fallen off. I need to go to a hospital <laughs> and look at the photos. I, I put a, a filter version on the Facebook page, but look, if you're really curious, look for the actual, um, the actual photos. It's nasty. And the next day, Ronda Rousey showed up again back on set, had about 50% of motion back on, again, two fingers that had been cut off with the tendons and all, reattached them back at work the next day. What a woman. <laughs> what a woman. I mean, wow. I don't know when she's going to come back to WWE, but it feels like when she does just i gotta keep this in mind just like the woman lost two of her fingers and then came back to work the next day that's just amazing talent right there now this i'm gonna this big news about injuries and i'm very annoyed this just came fresh on the desk today john moxley right iwgp us champion golden boy of AEW, the poster child right the one who's going to lead the way is injured he suffered he's got an elbow infection like a proper mercer elbow infection while he was wrestling in japan and he did a couple matches but people kind of noticed that he was favoring his one of his elbows over the other trying to make sure he didn't bump it and uh, we thought that he might be able to work around it for all out where he's facing off against kenny omega but nope Sucks, but he has had to withdraw from All Out. He has to look after himself. He'll be ready for the tapings in October. But for right now, he needs to he needed to pull out from the event, which is heartbreaking. But we do have a silver lining. The last person who's been making a return, who I didn't mention, but I will now, the bastard they call Park, has been confirmed to be facing off against Kenny Omega, I'm actually excited for this. So some people might see this as filler now. I don't because this was meant to be the plan all along. Park was meant to face off against Kenny Omega for to crown the inaugural AEW champion. Obviously now we have Chris Jericho and Hangman Page. But I, I'm glad that we don't have to imagine what that match would have been like. And I'm glad that Park has confirmed to be back at AEW. He lost his Dragon Gate championship. He's now available to do this thing to do the tnt shows i i hope like they can just kind of confirm it now that he is officially all elite or that he's just coming back for this one match i i, I want them just to get out of the way because like uh, park is just one of those guys as well like they need more big heels in the company and it seemed like they were going to hang a lot of that that weight on park because Trish, chris jericho is an older man like that he's you're getting diminishing returns with him at the moment with his wrestling. MJF is the rising star. 
he's not ready to be the heel for like the big main event picture. You needed someone like Park, and I'm so glad that he is back for All Out. Oh, I can't wait. In terms of people leaving, this is a uh, rumored one. This could be a work, couldn't be, it might not be, but you have wrestlers taking to Twitter and airing their contract situations. Must be Sunday, guys. <laughs> but uh, the Lucha House Party's Kalisto actually said in 10 months he will be a free agent. And his Lucha House Party brethren, Grand Metalik, said the same. He said, yeah, ditto. Like, we're in the same situation. Now, the Lucha House Party have been jobbers on the main roster for a long, long time. They uh, they get more of a role on 205 Live, like which like everyone does on 205 Live because it's awesome. More people need to watch 205 Live. But I would not blame these guys in the slightest if they left, right? And, and again, WWE might throw more money at them to make sure they stay. I don't think they were injured at any point, so they can't throw the um, the non-compete clause for an extra six months on there. I don't see that happening unless they do injure themselves in the next 10 months, in which case WWE, Petty Vince, et cetera, et cetera. I, I, it's kind of hard to say because you had Mike Kanellis talking about his contract situation on Twitter, being very, very vocal about it. This could be a storyline. Like the best storylines are the ones you don't know, but with a touch of reality. And yeah, I would love to see the Lucha House Party get to showcase what they can really do, you know, instead of being these um, guys, these Lucha House Rules matches. And there's some great talent there that's just being squashed by the system. Yeah, maybe they might stick around because there's been some big, big news in WWE now. We've been, It's been rumored for the past couple of weeks, but it's been official now. It's been officially revealed on WWE.com that NXT is officially on the USA Network. It'll be yeah, live, two-hour shows, starting from September 18th, a couple weeks before AEW start their TNT weekly shows, which we still do not know the name of. I still think it's Wednesday Night Dynamite. Just the, It needs to be Wednesday Night Dynamite. And you have the rumors that the NXT contracts are expected to be converted to main event contracts because the Wednesday Night Wars are officially on. Now, we kind of knew this would happen. This was apparently meant to be the big Raw announcement this week, which didn't end up happening because Vincent Man wasn't on Raw this week. And then they just announced it in a press conference the day after. <laughs> this is huge. This is this is absolutely huge. Now I am I made it very clear of my thoughts on this. Like my my points of like I do not want to see Vince McMahon anywhere near this project. That was my main issue with this. And I didn't like the idea of the Wednesday Night Wars if AEW were coming out stronger and they were thriving, that NXT would be blamed and then like shit might hit the fan in NXT. I don't know. I was worried about that. But it seems like WWE are trying to put these thoughts to bed because you have the announcement that apparently Vince McMahon and Kevin Dunn will be hands off from NXT. It will still be Triple H's baby moving forward. And I would I want this to be Triple H. This is his his true test. Like if if he's able to do this, maybe this is Vince McMahon's last will and testament, right? If he can 
vanquish, if Triple H can vanquish AEW, then he will allow him to become the CEO. <laughs> this is his true test, ladies and gentlemen. We'll see what happens with that. But, yeah, I, I, I'm very... I'm very tentative about this. It's great for the NXT guys. Like obviously, more power to them. I'm worried that again, NXT might lose something special because it was just a concise hour of wrestling. Like the takeovers, apparently, it's going to be more matches added to the takeover events. There's going to be more NXT pay per views, more wrestling, ladies and gentlemen. That's what we can take from this: more wrestling, which. Uh, there's only so much you can watch. There's only so much hours of sleep that wrestling can take away from us. And oh, I mean, like, granted, like, uh, Greg Unchained mentioned on the Aussie Graps that Bronson Reed is still a part of the NXT brand, which we need to show some Aussie pride and be supportive of him as well. But man, I'm Team AEW. I'm, I'm making my, I'm making my intentions known. I'm going to be watching. Week in, week out, giving guys all the wrestling news from All Elite Wrestling. I cannot wait. And one of the reasons Vince McMahon is saying that he is hands-off is because his little passion project, the XFL, is starting to kick off. So in February 2020, that's when it's officially going to start up. But we've announced the uh, the logos and the names of the teams and everything else. We have uh, the Dallas Renegades, the Houston Roughnecks, the LA Wildcats, the New York Guardians, St. Louis Battlehawks, Seattle Dragons, Tampa Bay Vipers, and the DC Defenders. Interesting names there. Uh, <laughs> Music Man, apparently the belief is that he will keep his, he will focus more on Raw and SmackDown. Well, he will try and leave Eric Bischoff to deal with SmackDown, but he'll be focusing on Raw. And once he knows that the transitions for NXT onto the USA Network and SmackDown onto Fox, once he knows that they're good, then he'll focus mainly on the XFL. That's the idea. Now, you have people like Cody Rhodes. They announced on Twitter and stuff, like they're excited for more competition, that more options for the fans to enjoy themselves, right? But he's saying he's oddly intrigued to see what Vince McMahon does with NXT because he said Dusty was instrumental in building the NXT brand, which is undis that's undisputed fact, right? And for a long time, it had been a developmental project. So for Vince to now bring it to the USA Network as if it's a full brand, Cody's like, he's putting that seated out there. Like Vince McMahon wants to let Triple H handle things, but for how long? Right? How long before he's just like, oh, maybe we should be doing this. Like, I don't trust, like, Paul, I don't trust you. You need to be doing this now. This is good shit. This is good shit, what I'm doing right now. Oh, I'm worried, man. I'm worried. More wrestling, like, uh, and, it, and speaking of more wrestling, that you have the announcements that SmackDown will be have like potentially three hours. We've been mentioning this on and off for the past few months. According to Dave Meltzer, there's been talks that Fox will get three hours of WWE programming, so they thought that they would get NXT. Now, that this is apparently... So it makes sense. Logically, NXT going to the USA Network makes sense because it's more widely known. And like Fox Sports 1, doesn't, it's doesn't, not as accessible to everyone right? And he wants to counter AEW's presence with NXT, right? 
Now, FS1 is lower rated, not seen in as many homes, and it would mean that they could lose a lot of ratings to All Elite Wrestling, and apparently Vince McMahon could not stand that, which is why he felt that AEW would be best on NXT. Uh, NXT would be best on the USA Network, which Fox, it feels like a hat... It, it feels like that handshake agreement from last week between Dolph Ziggler and Vince McMahon, where it seemed like, oh yeah, you can get out of your contract. Uh, I'm gonna pay you to sit on your ass, which he was on. He was on the latest episode of Raw, interestingly enough. So we don't know if that was actually real or not. <laughs> this feels like that. So it feels like Vince McMahon actually wanted to. He said to Fox that they're gonna have NXT, but they didn't sign anything, and now he's just like, yeah. And I, I feel bad for Fox because this might hamper negotiations for renewal in the future because they they wanted to make SmackDown feel they wanted to feel like the go go to for WWE programming with SmackDown, right? And SmackDown and NXT, but now the go to for WWE programming is the USA Network because they have Raw, NXT, the Stone Cold Steve Austin po- uh, show coming up soon, uh, Miz and Misses. They they've got all the TV, they've got all the content. It's baffling, and like, so how they're going to fill that third hour? Will they bring over two hundred five live? There's the rumors that they might cancel two hundred five live, which is heartbreaking. But I, I'm I'm hoping that they can keep it around. Whether they'll add a third hour to SmackDown, whether it'll be a new FS1 show, or it'll be a new network content that we don't even know that we want yet, right? But more wrestling is the general consensus. And, oh, you're never not going to have enough wrestling, ladies and gentlemen. It's going to be there by the bucket load, by the truckload even. <laughs> it's going to be there whether you like it or not. Um, I'm going to be, uh, be rest assured we're going to be talking about this in far more detail in the coming weeks. Uh, I'll cut to AEW news. So we have Chris Jericho is going to be wrestling on the fifth episode of the AEW TNT T- weekly TV series. So that's when they're in West Virginia. You have episode four where they're going to have the semifinals for the tag team championship tournament. I believe episode five is where they're going to crown for the finals the inaugural tag team champions. So that's the stuff coming out of the AEW camp. Some other WWE news uh, potential returns. Whether we whether it will be like soon or like for many years to come, we don't know. But the rated R superstar, I, I can't do it like Tony Schimmel. <laughs> the rated R superstar Edge has actually said that he would be interested in doing one more match with WWE. He's actually saying he feels fine now, and like here's the thing. So this, he's still in great shape. He's still he's in his early forties right? He retired at like the best time, to be honest. And he had to retire because of his neck. And apparently he's looking into stem cell, uh, stem cell therapy on his neck, which can repair a lot of damaged tissue, which a lot of stars like Kevin Nash is doing it. Like a lot of, a lot of the older wrestlers you're hearing more and more that they're actually looking into stem cell therapy. Like Ryback was doing it for a while. And then they're all saying it's like gives you great results, and like Edge, he's been retired for what eight years now, 
he knows his body and he's hasn't been doing the schedule week in and week out. Like we had the, the moment on SummerSlam where he speared Elias, which was amazing. I don't know. Like if, as long as the WWE doctors feel that it's okay, 100% okay for him to do it. I'm okay with it because, and it wouldn't be this big spectacle. Like, it would be a quick match. It, I don't expect him to be the rated R superstar, like to be this big workhorse if he does this one last match. I hope it's not a Saudi Arabia match. Putting that out there. I hope it's like a proper match on like a big four pay-per-view, like Survivor Series or SummerSlam or the Royal Rumble, somewhere in there for Edge to return for one more match. Who it would be against? I don't know. Like, would, I would hope that he would give the win to a current star because we kind of need to do that more and more. <laughs> you wouldn't think I would need to say that, but you'd be surprised. So, yeah, I'm not against the idea of him actually coming back. I think it would actually have a lot of potential so long as he is completely okay. And, again, it would be only for the one match. Uh, we have some announcements, some other indie news. We have AJ Lee is going to help make a Glow comic book. So season three of Glory came out last week. Uh, he, we all at the B Plus, we did a little review, which will probably be out soon for you guys. Myself, Greg, and Big Boy Mikey, we covered all the ins and outs of season three and what we thought about it. Um, Greg and I were a little bit more apprehensive, whereas Mikey was just glowing, for lack of a better word. He was glowing, he's raving about the wonders of Glow. And now they're going to add a comic book series to this, which is going to be penned by AJ Lee. Of course, she was the author of her own little book, Crazy My Superpower. I see no problem with this at all. Like you had uh, Amy Garcia is also going to be a part of this as well. So she's uh, Ella Lopez on Lucifer, for any of you guys that are a fan of that. She's also on Dex- Dex- uh, Dexter as well. Bunch of shows, but mainly Lucifer, where she's most well-known. You have Hannah Templer, who will be returning artist for the project. Yeah, I can't wait. Hopefully, I reckon tie-in comics, they actually do really well sometimes. Like I would read the Heroes, the TV series Heroes, the tie-in comics for that would add so much more context to some of the bizarre storylines and it would help give you a sense of closure with that show, which, are you old enough to remember Heroes, ladies and gentlemen? Message me on the socials and share your horror stories of Heroes. I'm going to have a couple other stories, guys, but I'm going to have some wholesome news for you because it seems like it's the it's the week for everyone to announce like big life events. So we have DDP welcomed his granddaughter into the world, Oakley Page Palmer, earlier this week. We have a wedding. You have the great one, Dwayne The Rock Johnson, uh, marry his longtime girlfriend, Lauren Hashian. So they recently tied the knots. Looked like a lovely ceremony. Uh, you see the photos out; they looked amazing. And some people who have nuptials on the way: Becky Lynch and Seth Rollins. So the new double champion, Seth Rollins, is going to be Mr. Lynch. So, <laughs> so Becky, she put on Twitter, she put on her social saying, "Like I'm the luckiest man alive," <laughs> which brilliant, brilliant. Uh, couldn't ask for better. Uh, she crushed a lot of the hearts of a lot of um, her fans over here in WA. I've got a lot of wrestling mates who just like, they were 
they were hoping for the chance that um, Becky might, you know what, <laughs> Seth Rollins, no, no. <laughs> but again, yeah, it's the, it's, this is a wholesome week this week for relationships, it seems like. So congratulations to Becky Lynch and Seth Rollins. Maybe shout of gold. Like maybe they'll do like a wrestling wedding as well if they're really dead set on their relationship. When's the last time we saw an actual wrestling wedding? God, it feels like years. Hey, I think the last one I watched was, was like Daniel Bryan and AJ Lee, but then you had the Teddy Long wedding with the Godfather. I'm going to get lost in a tangent, but yeah. When's the last time we saw a wrestling wedding, ladies and gentlemen? We had some other stories. So Stephen Amell is making headlines. So he is wrapping up his final season of Arrow. I mentioned a couple of weeks ago that he is definitely not appearing at all out despite him like having the history with Cody Rhodes and everything else. But now it seems like he is going to be ready to be a part of his own wrestling series called Heels. So it's about a small little wrestling promotion where he plays these two brothers. They're trying to figure out how to carry on their father's legacy. And uh, Stephen Amell is on the side of just like he wants to any publicity is good publicity and he's trying to keep the business afloat in any means possible which is obviously going to cause a lot of contention with his brother we don't know who's playing the brother yet but we know that Stephen Mel will be a leading man in the star series heels which is going to be a eight to ten episode series i think about wrestlings and Stephen Mel actually even messaged Cody Rhodes on Twitter saying, do you want to help me make a wrestling show? <laughs> Which I'm, I'm excited. Like with uh, Glow season three after that, I'm actually pining. I'm actually longing for proper, proper wrestling show. Right. And it seems like that this is about the Duffy wrestling association. It's the, the name of the, um, the pretend company in, in the heels TV show. I'm excited. Stephen Amell, I'm glad that he's incorporating wrestling into his uh, last, into his life after Arrow. And you know what? This might be a nice little transition series for him to go into AEW. I'm still convinced, ladies and gentlemen, I'm still convinced that it's going to happen. Uh, the story I will end on, ladies and gentlemen. Now, I've said it in this podcast, and I've said it, in some, I've said it a lot of times previously, how you say never say never in wrestling. And Greg Unchained wanted me to make sure I said never say never with this last story. But you know what? I'm going to say it. Never going to happen. But I have to say it nonetheless. So you hear this bizarre news that CM Punk's representatives, according to Dave Meltzer, right? They approach Fox with the idea of a voice of the voiceless program where CM Punk would be on behalf of Fox Sports 1, will be in charge of a commentary talk show about WWE, right? Any agreement that would see Punk tied to Fox, not WWE, so that there have been no negotiations that we know of, but it would be that Punk would be the color commentator that Fox bring in to talk about SmackDown, right? If that were to ever happen. It's not. Like, I, oh, like he's happy to do his MMA commentary. He's in a whole new chapter of his life. We can't 
keep clinging to this idea that he's going to be back in WWE. And even if he was to even entertain this notion, people would still bitch and moan the fact that he's not wrestling. They would be like, you changed. You could have gone to AW to wrestle. And like, instead of being doing this with the WWE. And like, you know what? It's been five years. It's been five long years. And I imagine that he is still kind of miffed about getting fired on his wedding day, about the court case, about how he was treated, about the injuries. Like people were saying like grow up and stuff when they hear the news about punk again in the news. But man, I'm sorry. I'm at the T I'm over it at this point. We yes, never say never, but you know what? I'm going to say it never going to happen. It's, I feel like his representatives just flooded that idea for shits and giggles. It's, it's wondrous to me that we're still talking about CM Punk in these kinds of roles in 2019 in wrestling in some capacity. It's not healthy, ladies and gentlemen. It's called Stockholm Syndrome, and we need to break the cycle. Now, on that note, we are done for this week. If you like what we do here, make sure to follow us on the Patreon, ladies and gentlemen. Any amount you could donate would be greatly appreciated. So you can keep giving us, so we can keep giving you what you want, when you want, highlighting the very best of Australian wrestling, keeping you updated on all the wrestling news from around the globe. If you want to follow me on the socials, I'm at Miss Mysterio to a 107 i Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, and Grapple. Hit me up. Let me know what you thought of this week's wrestling news. Let me know what you thought about Glow. We've got that covered very, very soon. And if you want to hear from all of us here at the B Plus, because we're a great bunch, I'm not going to lie. I learn more and more about these people every day. You can follow us at the B Plus Wrestle on Twitter because wrestling wouldn't fit, and the B Plus Wrestling everywhere else. Like, share, subscribe, hit that five star review. I have been Mr. Mysterious for all the rest, and I'll see you later. <laughs>